Where's my burrito? Where's my burrito? Maxwell, listen, man, it's been a minute. I had some personal things going on, and we weren't able to record. We haven't released an episode in like two weeks, but we're going to fix that right now. But yeah, I want to start. I had some this. impersonal things going on, so that works out. Ooh, uh, we're the yin and yang, you and I. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you're the melody, and I'm the lyrics, brother. <laughs> like that's what's I'm, up, dude. I'm ET. <laughs> you're Elliot. Like I get it, man. Uh, listen, though, I stop. Like I stopped a movie I was watching, a movie that I had no real interest in watching which made me feel bad it made me feel like a part of my childhood had ended yeah you uh, should I know feel you, bad well i know you saw this movie uh and i watched 35 minutes of it and was like i i just i hate this and i know that it's technically fine but i just like we were talking about right before we hit record like our relationship with film and and viewing experiences now and like the dopamine that you you expect i finally started watching spider-man far from home literally like 35 oh, minutes before really? yeah. we started watching this and so I got literally to where uh, Mysterio is introduced uh, proper, where mm. he's like, I'm Quentin. I think that's his name. Uh, they're underground and he's experiencing all that shit. He's explaining, uh, like, I'm from 833. You're from 616. That scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, dude, I, is something wrong with me? I just don't give a fuck and I don't care. And, mm-hmm. like, all I see is the fucking artifice and, uh, like, uh, I'm going to stop yeah. talking. What's wrong? Well, because like uh, to five years ago, even if I heard that Jake Gyllenhaal was playing like a superhero villain, I would right. be like kind of hyped for it. I'd be like, oh, shit. But we've just been like beaten into submission by these movies at this point. Like it's always going to be at minimum acceptable um, and at most pretty good. Like, and I, it's just it, like living in that range with the majority of things that are fucking coming out into theaters is kind of exhausting in its own way. Well, this would seem counterproductive, but like it almost makes me like I want to go check out Venom now because I heard it was bad, but at least like that seems interesting, like, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, because I actually saw now. a scene, I saw like just a YouTube clip and it made me want to watch the whole fucking movie. <laughs> um, like the Venom like symbiote is like talking to Tom Hardy, it like <laughs> detaches a little bit so that it's the face and it's like i was an outcast eddie on my home planet and i was like oh my god this is amazing (laughs) this is pathos right well it's just like it's like someone took a chance and they failed but that's okay because they took a chance and i think that's my problem with like the the spider-man thing and again to be perfectly clear it's like i don't think it's terrible like and everyone seems to be doing their best i guess it's just like i just i'm so disinterested i just don't care at all right and i think that's a really bad sign when you're talking about like art you're supposed to really care about you know what i'm saying but i I mean this is where you start riding that line between art and commerce and it's like disney has and it 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 is a specifically disney problem like say what you will and i'm not trying to create a whole marvel dc thing here but at the very least dc like has been interesting to watch in that it's figuring out like what moves to make like it tried to like copy the marvel formula all at once and they put like they went all in on Zack Snyder for some fucking reason of all people Uh, realized that was not the best bet. And now they're starting to like, at least with this Joker movie, they figured out with Aquaman and Wonder Woman that all those characters seem to exist better in their own universe or like doing their own thing. And I'm not a fan of Wonder Woman. And what I saw of Aquaman was disquieting, (laughs) but people liked it. (laughs) 
<laughs> they liked Billy. it because they, they liked it because it was stepping outside of that Marvel formula. Like what I saw of Aquaman was fucking dumb, but it was going all in on how dumb it was. It knew exactly how dumb it was. And well, I kind of love that. And I think that that's a weird thing, which is like, think about what we're saying. What we're saying is that we don't want competently made films that are ticking the boxes off. Like, right. think about that. We're like, we're actively saying, give me something that's worse, but at yeah. least is interesting. And I think that that like, dude, that, like, you know, we're talking about like bellwether signs of like the decline of the Roman empire and shit. It's like that maybe this, I don't want to say it. Like I think about the movie industry now. Right. And it's like, Specifically, there's a couple problems, right? Let's, let's break down on a story perspective for a second, which is like, we have entered a point where stories have become so cataclysmic in their stakes that where do we go? Like the last Avengers movie legit had half of all of the universe gone. It's like, yeah. what could possibly match that at this point where it's right. like the, the, the truth is stakes. Three like, quarters, well, three, three quarters <laughs> of the universe. Seven eighths the next time. I don't. I don't know. know. It's 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 such a weird thing where I'm just like I don't understand what's happened where we are now actively revolting. Uh, revolting. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah, we're rebelling against this thing that is fine. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I know everybody's talked about fucking Nolan, but I I have been like rewatching the Dark Knight trilogy and just really appreciating it for the fact that like yes, the stakes are high. But the things that happen in those movies, it's not like the world is at stake. There's never a fucking laser that shoots into the sky. It's always a villain that is emotionally tied in some way to what's going on with Bruce Wayne, whether like uh, personally or just in terms of a counterpoint like the Joker or Bane. And then like how he overcomes that. And it's about his character journey. And like by the end of that series, he's a different person than uh, he was at the beginning of the series. And that's kind of great. Like with the Captain America movies, he's still Captain America. Iron Man is still Iron Man. Like they might change from beginning to end of the movie, but then they reset. It's like sitcom characters versus, I don't know, an AMC original series. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we, we have off mic. We got to a whole love letter to AMC. We'll get there, sir. We'll get there. Mm. No, but it, it, I, I agree. I think it's a really interesting thing where you look at like Nolan not to dwell on the Batman of it all, but Nolan set out, we take Bruce Wayne and Batman begins. He is a changed human being, right? right? He has gone through a hero's journey at the end of that first movie. But then when you do a second and a third movie, what you've done in effect is you have made that initial transition, that initial change into the first step of a larger transition into a mm -hmm. larger arc. And so like, I agree. Like, yeah, there's stakes and, 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 and things seem pretty cataclysmic, but never on par with any of these other things. And again, the stakes are always tied to the emotion. As weird as it sounds, Iron Man 3 is kind of my shit because it's one of the only movies that weird. straight up make, well, it's weird to a lot of people. It's one of the only movies that actually legitimately goes for the pathos of Tony Stark and like this weird PTSD he's sort of suffering. Like the, mm -hmm. like the, the, the core of that movie is about this thing he experienced that did change him. That right. they drop in the next movie, by the way. But, right. you know, what are you going to do about yeah, that? Yeah, because fans were like, we wanted the Mandarin. People, I'm, I still think they're going to pull that one out, like <laughs> Iron Man 4. I mean, dude, Guy Pierce, though, he was the real Mandarin. People forget that. They're like, there was no Mandarin. It's like at the end, Guy Pierce looks right at the camera and says, I was the Mandarin. Right. Everybody forgets that. Eh, no they just remember there. Ben Kingsley being like, I'm Trevor. <laughs> I want to play footy. <laughs> Is he like just watching <laughs> soccer games and shit by the end of that yeah. movie? Yeah. 
He's what just, a good like, bloke, man. Beer. Yeah. No, but so, I mean, I think, I think it's an interesting thing that we're kind of going through now, which is like, again, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is fine. I'm going, I'm going to be in Venice in like fucking two weeks. Like, you know, so I'm really like intellectually kind of with it. I just, it was such a weird experience to be like, I like this, but I also hate this. Mm. Like, I guess I don't even like it. I guess I'm just indifferent to it because again, it's like the stakes are so big that it's like, it's not its fault. But how, 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 how could you possibly match what you've already done? That's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on for, uh, for Marvel in the future. And I think it's also, let's just talk about this, like Guardians, we've always ranted and raved about why that works so well. And it's because it's removed from it. But beyond that, when the stakes are giant, Ego was a giant stake. It was tied into a direct character fucking development for Peter Quill. So you right. could still follow that. Like you understand like that. They like- might fight a CGI planet at the end, but that <laughs> CGI planet is fucking Quill's father issues. He's overcoming his father issues well, when he's destroying that planet. It's the idea that the end of the world for the world is also the end of the world for Peter on a personal level. Like that's that's kind of the point. Right. And so that's why you can follow that and that's why you can be moved by the last five minutes of that movie and i told you man like you want to talk about screenwriting class man the last five minutes of that movie delivers on seven different character moments that were earned emotionally that film. yeah beautiful um, uh, and i, I so think that, spider-man how, how far did you get in far from home just 30 literally, minutes yeah literally yeah. just to where fury uh, shows up and he's like you gotta meet this guy and then they go downstairs in italy and they talk to gotcha him. so you didn't get the uh, i guess spoilers for well i know home. i know the big um, twist by but the you way. didn't get to the big twist yet. yeah because that comes like halfway through i think yeah no i didn't get to the big twist although uh, uh, nothing sacred so the internet fucking ruined it for me but it's like I, which i look i thought the idea of like introducing a multiverse is really fucking kind of cool if done yeah. correctly and it also allows you to solve the problem I was just talking about, the stakes problem, right? Because right. it's not like half of one universe. It's like, no, there are multiple universes and everyone can be fucking killed. But it also opens this other idea to, uh, to, to you know, seeing people you haven't seen. Now, very quickly, I need to make a super quick detour off of Marvel because I just finished uh, rewatching uh, Mr. Robot season three with Dolores, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I had never finished that season before because it got so good that I was like, I really should watch this with Dolores because I want to share this with her, okay? Like, uh, Super Collider? They're talking about alternate universes and Mr. Robot now? And I'm like, what the fuck? Because this yeah. reminds me a lot of, like, remember when like, Lost started off, Lost was a show about people on the fucking island. And then at right. some point, they realized, yo, we can do anything we want. We can do a pirate movie. We can do time travel. And I just wonder if this is, like, a weird MacGuffin or if, like, Mr. Robot legit about to take a like a bold narrative step, man. I mean, it could. I feel like they, they were smart in that they're leaving that door open. It could go a sci-fi route. Like, how are they going to wrap up all these fucking threads? Like, it's either going to end on, like, the biggest fucking down note in television history, <laughs> or they're going to figure out some squirrely way to get out of it. Because society is, like, in effect collapsing all throughout right. seasons two and three because of what the main character did, and also he's mentally ill. So it's a dark fucking show already. Um, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they like stuck with reality mostly, but I love that they kind of like left that on the table. Like, yeah, we could go this way. Well, this it just really door. made me appreciate a show that I was like already in love with, but like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, man, like it, it was yeah. just this wonderful thing. Now bringing it back to Spider-Man, sorry for that detour. It's like, look, I'm going to finish the movie. I'm sure it's going to be fine. I'm sure it's going to be serviceable, but I just, <laughs> I told you that my relationship, there was a time and you know this, you've known me for many a year, man. Uh, we have always looked forward to these things before it was the standard you know Mm -hmm. we loved comic book movies and we always wanted to go there because they they were the representations of these things that we grew up loving um that weren't represented 
Uh, and it's like the fact that I waited until now to watch this on fucking home video or you know, on demand or whatever the fuck we're calling it these days. Yeah, should still already haven't let seen you know. Captain Marvel. And this is you of the two of us. You are the like comic book fan. Yeah. You're about to like you're you're trying to like get a comic book show off the ground. You're a comic writer. And you like could not give a shit about seeing these characters on the big screen, though. Specifically, like think about this: that Captain Marvel is biting a lot off of Kelly Sue DeConnick's run, uh, which is one of the most wonderful reboots of a property that I've experienced in a yeah. very long time. And I just did not care; just couldn't bring myself well, to do it. Well, I can tell you, having seen it, that it is extremely forgettable. <laughs> uh, but does she smile, Max? Because that's all I care about. Uh, if she's not smiling, what's the point? Right. Sorry, I just I fucking I need to get away from the internet is what I'm finding out. People are terrible, yeah. but yeah. but you know, lar the larger points this. So I like my relationship with these things has changed to a point where it's like I need to I think I need to stay away from it and rediscover why I love comics, which is sort of the point of the comic book show that you mentioned that I'm trying to relaunch. It's like I never stopped loving comics, but along the way my association with them went away from the panels and went yeah. to these movies which had made me feel something completely different because mm -hmm. comics in and of themselves were always about the personal it was always about the the hero's fucking personal connection with whatever was going on. It didn't matter the world was going to end. And the Marvel movies have really seemed to have forgotten that. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just, I kind of mourn for my childhood a little bit because I'm like, it's over. We're done. Yeah. And I'm, well, I mean, also like Marvel movies are trying to like make these characters fit into, I, I don't know. I have some issues with that Spider-Man movie just because if there is like a, there's a couple characters I care about. It's like the big ones and Spider-Man's one of them, I guess, where I know like a little bit more about them uh, from beyond the movies. And it's just weird to me that in this movie, they pretty much like, I feel like Peter Parker's defining characteristic is that he's like us, right? Like anybody can be Spider-Man. That's the whole point. Right. Um, in this movie, like they really lean hard on the whole, like this is the next Iron Man. He's taken up the mantle. He has access to this insane technology. Like, did you get up to the glasses and everything? That he... No, but 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 there's another scene which I think alludes to what you're saying, which isn't the technology, but just like the idea that people are like, never apologize for being the smartest person in the room, Pete. Like things like right. that, where they're trying to put him up on this fucking pedestal to yeah. make him different. It'll, well, like at, by by the end of the movie, he's basically got Happy Hogan like in his corner. Like he has access to Tony Stark's jet and equipment. He can make like a fully customized spider suit on the fly that does all this crazy shit. Um, it's like nothing's handmade anymore. And it's just like, I, I, I like the Spider-Man who's like fucking behind on his rent right. and, you know, like can't fucking like get to fucking Mary Jane in time and is doing bad job at like maintaining his personal relationships. Cause he's like fighting bank robbers all the fucking time because the NYPD is like behind on their shit. Right. Um, like I, I don't want the Spider-Man that has access to like fucking uh, satellite that can kill somebody from like several miles up in space. Like at that point, make him go crazy. Like I know that's my pitch for everything. All right, but seriously, like, like he gets a taste of power and he just doesn't. Yeah. Like, make this guy go fucking crazy. And now he knows about universes, whether they're real or not. Apparently, they're not. But you know, like, like make him become a crazy. Like no. 16 year old should have that power you know that that would actually be interesting is like if they like introduce like the black symbiote suit in that way and that's just his alter ego and like he doesn't remember shit it's like a werewolf situation where like right. you know it'll show him like you know he'll like watch the news and he'll see like some like black suited spider-man is beating up people and <laughs> launching fucking drone satellites from space and shit 
And then he's like, what the fuck? I got to find this guy. Why does he got to be him. a black Spider-Man, Max? Why he got to be a black Spider-Man? I knew you were going to latch on to that. Well, I, just, I think it's interesting now, thinking back to it. I'm like, well, they didn't really bury that lead in the 60s, did they? <laughs> like, they, didn't, they didn't give a fuck. They did not. That racist uh, Stan Lee. Rip. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> You're like, oh, what have I done? uh but uh, whatever we'll see i don't want to be I, I here's the thing i think i just need a reboot you know personally i think i need to kind of get away from things i'm very excited that mm. i'm going to oh i thought you, i months. thought you needed a reboot of spider-man where we oh. see uncle ben die again and like and i was like well i mean honestly like might I, kinda, I crave the raimi fucking trilogy because there was something like i don't know uh, tactile yeah. about them oh you know well, I mean? it had a voice it had that raimi voice i rewatched yeah. army of darkness today Dude, I rewatched Evil Dead two days ago and yeah. was kind of blown away by how legit that fucking movie holds up to this point. But go on, Army of Darkness. Oh, no, just that it has such a it's not a perfect movie, but it has so much invention and so much like handmade uh, Three Stooges meets fucking Bruce Campbell, like doing a Big Trouble in Little China, Kurt Russell type bit. Right. on top of just like a medieval like none of it should make sense and it mostly doesn't but it, he still makes it work like just with his weird Raimi swagger he just yeah. has the confidence to come into a room and demand money for a bruce campbell starring vehicle where a guy with one hand who's an idiot goes back in time and fights zombies and spooky it, skeletons I, look, it's controversial i mean it's my it's my least favorite but that's not a that's not a bad thing you need to understand that like yeah. it's 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 still it's very great by the way which ending did you get did you just get the like s smart ending or like i slept too long i did i did the uh theatrical cut uh yeah. for this one yeah <laughs> that was but actually no, pretty honestly good. the, right? the s smart like, one like looking back i kind of prefer that one and and really? you watch that s smart one uh now and it's very close to like the ash versus the evil dead shit and made right. me like wish the whole movie was that because well, it's so he, well directed like- so I says to the she bitch, I says, and then she just pops up and he's like, yeah, he's, he's like talking to Ted Raimi and Ted Raimi's like bored at S smart or whatever. <laughs> and then a fucking zombie hag comes in and there's a part where he literally takes the shotgun and throws it in front of himself and then jumps on a shopping cart. Like for no reason, this move does nothing. He already had it in his hand, throws it in front of himself, jumps on a shopping cart, surfs and glides on it and then fucking catches the gun just starts. <laughs> Shoots you like ten times with a with a pump shotgun. Yeah, that should not have ten bullets. <laughs> it's perfect. It's it's shop be, smart. Idea. Shop Again, personality, smart. personality, yeah. guys. That's what you need. You need to have a fucking take on something. And yeah, that's great. I was I rewatched Evil Dead one recently um, because I was trying to explain to Deloitte. She's like, "What's the first horror movie you ever saw?" And I'm like, "I mean, I can't with any certainty tell you what it was, but what I can tell you, mm. I have a very distinct memory of being about four or five years old in Boston." Uh, yeah. with my dad my dad is a piece of shit but he gave me bob marley and he gave me evil dead um yeah because he rented that and we watched it as a four-year-old now he was laughing at me when i was a kid because i was freaked the fuck out by that movie and he's like mm-hmm. it's so cheesy think about the effects we have now now when he said that i was like 94 like what are you fucking right. talking about like there were not yeah, better effects than it's 94. seamless <laughs> yeah not really. uh but but like, so I, I haven't really rewatched that since you and I had watched it a bunch when we were kids and stuff and like rewatching it. I was like, yo, the last 25 minutes is just nightmare. And also mm-hmm. one of the most, like, I think sometimes we kind of forget how good of a director uh, Sam Raimi is. Yeah. He's fucking great. Um, there are so many things there. I'm like, yo, this holds up. And if any show came out now, like for instance, American Horror Story just came back, Max. 
They're doing a AHS 1984. Now, I can't tell you the last. Let me think about this. The last one that I watched front to back was six. I got one episode into seven, hated it. Got two episodes into eight, hated it. Uh, and yeah. I've watched this I, premiere now. I, I dipped out on a Freak Show because that season was terrible. like I was. I, it was just god awful. There were no emotional stakes. It, it like the thing with that fucking series because I was excited when I first heard that there was an anthology horror series coming to FX because FX right. like pretty fucking on point brand, right? But then you like even that first season. I just remember being like, it's it, it feels like they're just making this up episode by episode. Like there are no rules. There's no established like fucking uh, show bible at all. Like it's just whatever this character needs to be for this episode. Jessica Lang will be the ultimate villain in episode two and then sympathetic and then episode three and then back to being a villain. And it's just like, how do people watch this? Why is this popular? It's fucking baffling to me. Sorry. Right. I, no, no, I, can't no. I mean, you're, you're, you're bringing up a really good point, which is to say this, like uh, my relationship with it is I saw one and at the time I thought like, all right, it had, the scariest part of season one is just that school shooting thing, which still scares the shit out of me. Uh, right. Two, I actually, I go to bat for real hard. It's not perfect and it's crazy. And yeah, but two is like good in spite of itself. Like it's still like following a lot of those same terrible instincts. It's just for some reason it works. Like, right. And I don't fully understand why. Well, and then three, I remember like thinking the first couple episodes were okay, but then by midpoint, it was just, it was unwatchable. And that should have been my clue that we were not going to get any better than this. You know, mm-hmm. but the thing is at the time you're like, well, one was all right. Two was good. Three fell apart, but Hey, we got to have hope for was, four. Was three freak show or was no, that three, three was Coven. Uh, okay. So I which, did not see Coven. Starts yeah. off. Okay. And then gets progressively terrible just because well, that freak show was okay at first. Cause you got a killer clown kind of. Like first yeah. episode, like Killer Clown. Yeah, kill somebody at least you were checking out like, after the first episode. Yeah, which is like that's the problem. I checked out after yeah. the first episode of seven and eight. Um, but but I, we'll go through the seasons, and I'll tell you quickly why I think what what works about it and what doesn't work about the show in general, and I'll bring it back to my Evil Dead point, which is the whole reason I went to American Horror Story. But it's like four, I thought was terrible, and I couldn't even get through it. Five Hotel, by the way, is considered much worse. I don't know how that's possible because I saw two episodes of it that's and it was Lady Gaga, H.H. H. Holmes, etc. It was very bad and I didn't finish it, but at no point was I like, it's freak show bad. And people were like, oh, just wait. It gets yeah. really bad. Because like spooky hotel, great setting for a horror story. Should have been good. That, that's kind of my thought. And that brings me to yeah. my point. I'm, gonna, I'm so going to get to that point here in a second. Six was the like reality show version of it. Like, oh, these are based on real events kind of thing, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. Also, only 10 episodes, which I think fucking helped. Because mm-hmm. they're like, you know, 13 episodes. They just make some shit up. Oh, this person's Anne Frank. And I know that's in the season I like, but still, it's like, we don't need that detour. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, but so like uh, six was all right. Seven was the po- uh, cult one politics. I didn't give a shit. Eight was apocalypse. Nine is 1984. Now, what's interesting about that, right, is on a very simplistic storytelling standpoint, one was a haunted house movie. And you're like, oh, or a show. And you get like, okay, didn't hit every note, but it was fine because it was simple in its premise. Two is an asylum simple in its premise even though it gets un- unwieldy very quickly right mm-hmm. but all of the ones after that had seen like freak show just wanted to go like this from the gate <laughs> hotel did the yeah. same thing instead of keeping it about a creepy hotel richard ramirez fucking shows up the night stalker which connection he's in this new season too uh but it's the idea that like the more simple the storytelling the easier the horror should in theory be having a 1984 a slasher summer camp friday the 13th sleepaway camp like uh, as a as a premise 
lends itself to being a scary kind of premise initially. You know what I'm saying? It's the yeah. simplicity. It's like when you're trying to fucking do a bunch of extra shit that that really falls apart for me. Now, very mm. quickly, let me do my Evil Dead point. We can go back to AHS, which is just that 1984 is obviously biting off of these like 80 horror films to begin with. And what I'm saying is like, if you were to go back, if, if, if Ryan Murphy said, yo, we're going to shoot entire uh, 1984 season, how Raimi shot Evil Dead, it would be fucking lauded, dude. People would love it. And I think that that's such a enduring, it's a sign of how much that movie has endured. That like, you know, it's 40 years old now, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that is a 40 year old movie that looks better than most horror films that come out today. You, the acting's weird, sure, whatever. But the last 20 minutes of that movie is some of the most pure nightmare shit I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. um so want to give props to that guy quickly swerving to ahs which is like i saw that first episode and it's kind of crazy and kind of whatever i don't love it but it's the first premiere that i've seen where i'm like okay i'll go back for at least another episode or two you know what i mean like yeah but i like i feel like i've been i've been wronged before by that show but also like that show has never once been really unsettling great. to me well yeah well like on the horror aspect of it right. it's just a failure as a horror show um, which is like my main beef with it because horror is the second of the three words in the title right well what if they did in france and it wasn't scary <laughs> like yo you're not you're not delivering on fucking two-thirds of your goddamn title here okay right. this is the, the french countryside and it's a rom-com what are you doing i don't know i'm sorry i started ripping for no reason french horror movie <laughs> it's not a movie it's not set in france and there's no horror present whatsoever <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, whatever. It's like, again, it's a summer camp thing, and they're really leaning into it, and like, yeah. oh, Reaganomics, and blah, blah, I mean, blah. So it kind of works. Fucking but... Ryan Murphy. Uh, you know, like, okay, so like uh, the Cuba Gooding Jr. OJ thing was pretty great, mostly uneven in parts. Some performances, Travolta, <clears throat> weird. But um, I do, like, appreciate, like, how, like, focused that was compared to everything else I've seen by him. Like, I've seen episodes of Glee, and it's sort of, like, the same thing. It's just so schizophrenic in tone. Like, I remember, like, I think it was, like, the second or third episode of Glee, like, one of my roommates made me watch it, and I was, like, just had my arms crossed the whole time because I was, like, I could be watching Community right now, and I'm watching <laughs> this shit. Um, but, like, there, there's, like, some character who, like, gets in a car crash where somebody else dies, and every time, like, he's about to, like, come i guess like he thinks of a car crash and he thinks of like his girlfriend dying and it's played for laughs but it's also horrific right. and i just remember thinking like i don't know what the fuck i'm supposed to feel like is this supposed to be like funny is it supposed to be fucked up is it like like what is this and i never stuck around long enough to find out yeah i think that um I think that's the thing. Like, given a roadmap, I think he's pretty talented. I mean, but, I, I, like, the track record is there for anything that he's been fully in control of. Like, Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck was never great, but at least it was, like, campy, kind of good fun. Then it I think you, really you, you introduced me to that show, by the because way. Because those first three seasons are, like, okay. <laughs> like, well, I like, mean, the, the very first episode is just insane. Like, I remember, uh, like, it really does set the tone for that show. Um, <laughs> where it's, like, isn't that the mob boss? Like, they're getting, like, emergency liposuction on him or right. something like that. And then, like, the tube gets loose and there's fat spraying everywhere. And they have to, like, give his body to, like, the fucking gators. The gators, the yeah, they wrap him in hands. And that's, and that's how they end that first episode. 
and then that guy's a ghost for the rest of the series just like mm-hmm. talking to them and i'm like jesus christ right. the point like is like, six feet under or some he shit. was in control of that shit it fell apart all the american horror stories for the most part fall apart but oj and i didn't see it but everyone tells me that the gianni versace season's actually fucking great like yeah. really wonderful it made a like, lot of year-end lists from critics i uh, respect and so I think that that's, that's, that's something interesting. And maybe you should stick to that or you just have to adapt something and kind of figure out what's great about it. But um, I don't know, man, that guy in Joe, Oh dude, speaking of this dude, did you, uh, did you catch any of the Emmy awards? Because I, you'd be very happy to know that our girl won Fleabag kind yeah, of swept Phoebe, dude. Phoebe Waller bridge. Uh, I did not watch it. I read about it later. I saw your post on Facebook. Uh, getting real mad about well, you, you know what it is we get into this conversation all the time about how we really need to stop d- dealing with awards and i'm just like yeah i get it but at the same time it's about how your peers are recognizing you and i'm like if you're telling me the fucking peers recognized that piece of shit final season man and mm-hmm. this is going to go in tandem with a couple things because another winner that night uh last night was craig mazin he won for uh chernobyl yeah and fucking deserved it chernobyl was wonderful it's one of my favorite things of the last year what did he win for writing he won for uh, best uh, miniseries or uh, oh, television okay. movie um but so he he won and i thought it was great and i'm like yeah i really loved your work then i heard him talk about uh the game of thrones finale and he went fucking hard on people who didn't like it and it was the first time because i generally really like craig mason as a speaker i don't love all of his movies obviously i don't like scary movie three which somehow he wrote but uh Mm -hmm. you know it's like whatever classic he he fucking was like for you to call them bad writers for you to call for you to say that they betrayed you no you betrayed them they gave up a decade of their life going back and forth to Ireland, missing their kids' school, missing their... I'm just like, bro, I know you're friends with these fucking people because he is. Like, a famous story about this is that there was an initial Game of Thrones pilot that was filmed but never never aired, and they showed it to three people. Craig Mason's one of those people who was like, you have some fundament, severe fundamental issues here, and mm-hmm. this is how you need to fix this. So, like, I get that he's really good friends with Benioff. I'm not trying to downplay that but i want you to know max i love you to death if you wrote the greatest show arguably of like the 2000s at least like the most popular show of the 2000s and then you did a season eight i would not defend you in public bro i would throw your ass under the fucking dragon in a heartbeat dude because i don't really like publicly yes i don't care if you shit the bed that bad yeah no i would give you shit because he was just like like we should be indebted to them He's like, they gave you, and to his credit, he's right. You would not be this upset about the final season of Game of Thrones if it wasn't so good at one point that yeah. you loved it. Amelia Clark said that recently, too. Uh, she, like, when asked about fan backlash, and that was her argument, is that, like, I just appreciate that people, like, are this upset and care because they care that much about it. Like, they wouldn't be this upset if they didn't care. Um, which, like... Uh, yeah that's the only argument i'll really take um but his point was like uh they were wonderful for so many years and and that same creative ambition that led them to be so great is led them to the conclusion that they thought was right to which i wanted to be like bro you're smarter than this and i know that this is these are your friends they were great because they had a fucking roadmap okay much like ryan murphy these guys are wonderful when they adapt something i've never doubted that the minute the minute it was in their control it started to fucking fall apart and i think that's 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 like uh, you can't ignore that man it just made me so angry that i'm like also you're a writer who talks to me all the time about characters 
you have to know that those characters stop being themselves for an entire two seasons to retrofit into an ending. Yeah. Well, that they want you know, to do. plot twist, Christian Craig has not seen the last like four seasons. <laughs> that would be great, right? Like, you people <laughs> owe them a debt. I actually haven't seen it. <laughs> I would love the vitriol got fucking amped up each sentence. <laughs> right. I, I did, I did hey, he's it. like, look, I mean, I did see the first four seasons. They were impeccable. So you people need to take a step back. Uh, God, it just, it really infuriated me, which, I'm, and, and, and let's be real, like to bring it back to the Emmys, which is like, the Emmys got some shit, right? Look, if Barry was going to lose, there was only one show that show fucking should have lost to, and they got it right. They gave it to Fleabag. Fleabag was probably the best thing i've seen in yeah. a very long time <laughs> and also my boy uh jesse armstrong he won uh best writing for succession happy for you dude yeah i Never didn't feel you. good about that either because he beat out uh i mean he beat out better call saul for something and, and like it was weird there's a lot of weird really? awards yeah and 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 i'll say this i don't think better call saul's last season was its best season i mm. I, I think season three was clearly like holy shit, they figured out that balance between like making Jimmy really tragic, but also like flexing the Breaking Bad muscle a little bit, I guess. Um, but it deserved a lot more than it got. And same thing with Best Supporting Actor. Like, I like Dinklage. Don't get me wrong. Uh, well, other well, let's, let's go back to Succession for a second. I'm going to defend it. Because, because, it but, all right, go on. Yeah. What, 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 why do you hate it? Why are you already rolling Succession your eyes? It's good. It's very good, and I like it a bunch. It's not Better Call Saul writing. I disagree. I really, really do. I, I mean, like that, that show has a habit of, um, and I don't know if this is coming down to attentive or repeat viewings, but like, I, I feel like it has, it just casually drops like all timer lines sometimes so quickly that you don't even notice it. Um, and so glibly that you don't even notice it. Like your brain doesn't process it until like a second viewing sometimes. But like rewatching that show or rewatching episodes of that show, like I'm kind of fucking floored by like the character work they're doing early on and also just like the fucking one-liners and how that ties into the like there's some really wonderful writing and like going into season two now especially they figured out that secret formula um gets really fucking good so, so that, that's my main thing like I, I really don't think that you're giving that show enough credit like it absolutely deserves uh a I, see you, you're putting me in a weird position which is i've already admitted that i've like the show a lot that i yeah it, it surprised me in ways that i didn't think it was going to but because i have a preference that isn't like oh it was the best piece of drama written last year it seems bad you know what i mean and like that's that's yeah. problematic man that's all i'm saying because look he, he all right game of thrones sure but killing eve was nominated better call saul was nominated handmaid's tale all right fuck it let's take out handmaid's tale bodyguard mm -hmm. and uh, game of thrones at that point it's a killing eve better call saul succession race and I'd be uh, and fine with any one of them. Like, I think this does come down to, like, a, a, a thing here. Like, and it might be, like, as we talked about categorizing or ranking things. And, like, I'm of the opinion that that shit is fun but fruitless. Because, like, you're essentially comparing three very different shows doing three very different things. Right. Right. So, like, ha, ha, like by what metric do you say one of those is better than the other? Right, you know what? Because are we talking about writing? Are we talking about uh, the package, the whole package? I think yeah. you'd be hard-pressed to say that, like, Breaking Bad as an extension, Better Call Saul, the whole package might be sexier, right? Mm -hmm. The way it's filmed, the acting is fucking top-notch, and the writing is also great. There's long passages of Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul where there ain't no dialogue, man. It's pure direction. You yeah. know? So I think it's about how you uh, kind of resonate with it. I'm not mad that it won. 
I just don't think that it was as good as the highs of season four of Better Call Saul were, which I think the episode they nominated was that finale, which has the fucking most phenomenal Kim Wexler uh, courtroom scene, which I don't even think she was nominated. You know, so, but the, the larger point is that I think it's bullshit. I think that for the longest time we kept saying, hey, we shouldn't rank these things. We shouldn't put such a, an onus on the awards. And I keep coming back like a fucking like beat puppy or something. I'm like, yeah, but I want to know what gets recognized. And then I'm just like, uh, this might be the year it broke me, man. <laughs> like, cause yeah. I was too young. I was too young when crash happened. You, you know what uh-huh. I'm saying? To like really give a shit. <laughs> like, and I gave a shit that year. I was so pissed. Well, cause it beat out, what it beat out? Broke back, it beat out fucking uh, good night and good luck. It beat out some really wonderful films that deserved mm-hmm. it a lot more. Um, right but but this like i don't think succession was a crash situation i guess what i'm trying to say is like game of thrones was the crash situation i'm sorry yeah like what i'm trying to say is like you take those three shows doing three very different things i would have been happy with any one of them winning so like i'm saying that succession deserves a seat at the table is all so like them getting an award wasn't an affront to me in any way because like again like watching what they're doing with character arcs and like the seeds they planted in season one going into season two. Like that is like getting to that point now, that show. Like season two has been fucking flawless execution wise. And it's building on what they've done in season one. And it's like you start to realize like that roadmap was there. And you look at Jesse Armstrong talking about those characters, talking about how he structures that season. Like he fucking knows what he's doing. There's insight there. I'm um, not taking, again, this is my point. Like on that list, number two, for sure. For me personally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Killing Eve also, did you watch season two yet? No. Pretty fucking great, man. Like that's, that's kind of my point, which is just like, at that point it does come down to a personal preference thing. And I'm not mad. Like if it wasn't yeah. going to be better call Saul succession should have won. I guess I'm mad because, and let me, if you don't mind, let me go to the Dinklage of it all, which is like better call Saul just got robbed all night, man. Dinklage is great ordinarily i don't think he did anything outside of that crip scene where he doesn't say a goddamn word to sansa you know what i'm talking about where they just have that one little sweet moment i'm like i don't think dinklage did anything in this last season to deserve that well, meanwhile they, yeah they, they gave him nothing to do well yeah wrong, meanwhile yeah. jonathan banks did great shit and better call saul young carlo esposito did great shit and better yeah. call saul and like even alfie allen who was nominated for game of thrones which i thought was sweet because think about all the supporting characters in game of thrones and they gave it to fucking uh theon that's kind of great you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that guy even did some really great stuff where you kind of saw the culmination of his character and they gave him nothing to do he was the best part of the last season honestly I, thank you yeah. yeah so i i guess i just got shitty when i started to look at like i looked around because here's the thing what these award seasons do is it makes me hate shows for no reason imagine me never watching fleabag right thank you for making me watch this before this may because mm-hmm. imagine i watched that having seen barry being like if anything wins, that's not Barry. I'm going to fucking hate it on principle. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, because it was that wonderful. Then I watch it and I'm like, oh, okay, it's great. But anyone who hasn't seen that, like, I feel like they got some fucking beef with that show now because they're like, right. Barry was the best. It's sort of like that year when Kate Hudson was, you know, nominated for um, fucking, what, <laughs> what's that famous? movie? What Almost Famous. And then Marsha Gay Harden comes in there and wins for Pollock. And everybody was like, what the fuck? But then you watch Pollock and you're like, this is way okay. better yeah. than <laughs> fucking Kate Hudson. Marsha Gay knows what she's doing. But like 11, 12-year-old yeah. me was not about it. I was like, almost famous should have won in every category. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting thing. So I, I guess my larger point is, is like maybe we just got to get away from the award shows. And I know we say that repeatedly. Yeah, like but- I, yeah, I don't put a lot of like uh, the Academy Awards is like 
honestly, it's it's like a fun goof. You know, you get drunk with your friends and you watch it. Like, that's a fun pastime. Well, this is me. why I'm sort of starting to like the Golden Globes because they are aware that they're trash, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, and they get, get trashed. Drunk. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just sitting at tables getting trashed, laughing at fucking bad comedy. Right. I don't you know, know, man. And this is, I, I read that yesterday. And here's the thing. It's like, I need to, you were saying, I think right before we got on mic that like 2019 was the year of you dropping some of your pretense uh, and, and, and hesitation to watch things that are recommended to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted 2019 to be the year where I just let people like what they like, <laughs> like uh-huh. to, to, to take a step back off my high horse. Because the other thing is like, look, my chosen, what I want to do, what we want to do. So we want to tell stories. And so we've immersed yeah. ourselves in the, again, breaking the story, chunking, as it were. I heard it that talk mm-hmm. about it. Uh, figuring out what bill, what, what goes into a story, what is a narrative, right. right? That's not everybody, dude. And there's plenty of people who are content to watch Game of Thrones and be lost into a fantasy world and don't give a shit about uh, the hero's journey of a character. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's right. about like kind of get away from that. But then these fucking awards happen, dude. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, it, it just existentially kind of fucks with me because I'm like, all right, well, Killing Eve was great. Uh, Pose was supposed to be great. I didn't see it. Yeah. Succession. I, was- I mean, yeah, we're, we're, look, we're looking at a culture that rewards shows like Modern Family like seven years into its run or whatever. Right. And I'm not saying Modern Family's fine. Like, it's fine. But, like, you look at, like, all the landmark comedies that have come out in the time that Modern Family was winning every single year. Well, the idea that, like, Parks year. and Rec and Community – well, Community was never even nominated. And I understand that. It's a little too crazy. But Parks and yeah, Rec like seems that, like – that NBC renaissance where, like, their comedy slate was fucking insane. Right. Like, they had The Office. They had Community. They had Parks and Rec. They had 30 Rock for, like, a minute. They had four all-time comedies – like on at the same night thursday nights i gotta be happy i'm just happy that a marvelous miss meisel lost because i know people like that show but uh everything i've seen from it i'm like intolerable bro marvelous mrs meisel i mean i watched the first season and enjoyed it enough for what it is it's it's basically trying to like go back to the sort of like 1960s Roman holiday witty banter, kind of like, da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, like, that's how everybody talks. Like, ba 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 And like, the main character is just so wonderful at everything. Like, she's effortless oh, at, at stand-up as soon as she tries it for the first time. And everybody's always just turning to each other and going, isn't she the best? Oh, she's so marvelous. But like, if you get past that, oh, it's... Wait. Do they call her the Marvelous Miss Meisel? In I the think show? it gets dropped at some God point. If it doesn't, they, they talk around the edges of it. But like, every, she'll, she'll sweep into a situation and confidently, because she's always in a hurry, you just go, all right, here's the solution. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a whole monologue and a riff that's like five pages long and then just dip out before anybody can say anything. And then they turn to each other and they're like, oh, wow, who is this girl? Where does she she's, come from? She's so marvelous. And she's so marvelous, this Mrs. Maisel. Um, but it's fine. Like, you know, Tony Shalhoub is in there doing Tony Shalhoub things. And, you know, it's How often whatever. do they, I swear, if every, if every show did that, like, I know Better Call Saul is literally like a call to action or whatever. But, right. like, but like, like, if every show did that, which is like, wow, this is a real Game of Thrones. And they looked right. at the fucking thing. And I know they did that early on. They did it. Yeah once like, like don draper up. just exhales from his cigarette and it's like sometimes i think we are the mad men <sighs> just fucking exhales right? like i don't know like that bothers the shit out of me so on yeah. principle, i gotta hate that well uh, yeah no and, and i fully understand that like season two that got cloying as fuck like it, it there's a whole like three episode arc where they go to the cat skills 
and have a family vacation. And it was just the most, it's just a bunch of white, affluent uh jewish people just like doing 1960s witty like witty banter for like three straight episodes going nowhere plot wise and i was just like i can't so i i I had noped out you tapped out huh i tapped out and then you see the creator of the show has got those hats and it just calls everything into question and you're like did i really like season one was it any better Oh, I've told you I can't stand her. And look, I'm sure she's wonderful. I mean, she did Gilmore Girls. She did uh, Bunheads, right? People say that's really great. Bunheads, people do say. Bunheads, you need to watch Bunheads, dude. Bro, but every time I see her, I'm like, what? She can't be in Hollywood, right? Who who let her out of the house? Who let her out of the house Okay, well, I don't want to go there. Who let her out of the fucking mental institution that she thought that was okay to wear, man? (laughs) You don't want to go there. You want to go further is what you meant. Okay. Uh, one other thing that bothered me really quickly was, uh, and then we can jump off Emmys if you're cool with it. Outstanding television movie. All right. Uh, fucking King Lear. Amazon's King Lear is really great. I told, told you about it. Tony Hopkins. Tony, is it Tony it? Hopkins. Uh, Deadwood, the movie, which you and I watched together. And I know you're not um, familiar with the show too much, but I know that you had watched the movie with me. Uh, mm-hmm. And you were like, this is really wonderful. And I felt weird. Remember, if you remember when we watched it, I was just like, yeah, man, like, I, I feel like I almost apologizing for it when there was nothing to apologize yeah, for. Yeah, you, you like, didn't even, like, ask me what I thought of it. You just immediately started apologizing for it. I was like, dude, no, it was good. Like, don't worry. But again, it's like, I, I feel like it has to be built in, right? But I thought that was, in my opinion, of the nominees, that was the one. They gave it to Bandersnatch, which is like, eh, all right. Like, but that's not even a fucking movie, right? Like, yeah. are we just and stretching it's also, the like, if it was, that? it's not a good movie. <laughs> It's ambitious. Right. And that could be enough. You can get the most ambitious award, which maybe they should do. Will, Will Poulter was good. Yeah. The I hate him. The kid was weird. Why do you hate him? I, we've talked about face. this. I just hate oh, his face. Yeah, face. yeah, I think he's yeah, a wonderful yeah. actor, but that fucking face, man. Yeah, because like I saw Detroit, and that dude steals that fucking movie. Holy shit. Like, where did this guy come you from? Because he was Detroit? in like Meet the Millers or whatever. Or yeah, we're, we're, the we're the Millers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I watched Detroit like uh, a year or so ago. That's a fucking hard movie to watch, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not my favorite, but he is like really solid as a racist as fuck cop. And the fact that it's based on a true story, like the true story is horrific. I'm just not a fan of her as a director, if I'm being real. You don't, you don't like the bigs? I don't, I don't love the bigs. She's aight. She gets good. in there. She tells some true life stories about Zero Dark Thirties. About I like Detroit's. that one. I like Zero Dark Thirty because it was kind of just like, yeah, we torture people and we ain't going to pretend cre- like we don't. Like, I kind of love Chris it. Pratt before America was ready for Chris Pratt. He's talking about hunting Bin Laden. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, right? You're Andy from Parks and Rec. What are you doing? <laughs> Imagine that movie for a second. We're like, because right. we're, we're in the time. Downton Abbey's the number one movie in America. We got fucking El Camino, Breaking Bad movie coming out. They do a Parks and Rec Andy Dwyer movie. And he's like, this has got to be a period piece, obviously, or, or, or alternate universe. But he goes after Bin Laden, man. Just a one man fucking Frank Castle of sorts. Just going mm-hmm. in, being dropped in Kabul. Right, find this motherfucker. Just found in a Miller light, <laughs> crushes the can on his head. Does it fuck with you that the people who like defend, like I, th- I said this all the time, because you went into the army and you might be the best guy I know who went into the army, but everyone I know from high school who went to the army were pieces of shit. And mm. I'm like, they're like defending before, my freedom before, before the army or before after? the army. I haven't checked up on them afterwards. I just see uh, them like you know whatever. But I just know who they were as high schoolers. I mean, that's unfair because we were all assholes in high school, and that's not like a fair yeah. representation. But I think about the stuff that like all of us pulled in high school, and I go, oh shit. Examples. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. Like I remember there's this, um, this one girl that we knew a mutual friend, Becca, um, who we saw walking down like the street one day and like, it was four of us in a van and we all like opened up the window just enough so that she couldn't see us at tinted windows. And we just started yelling, Hey, baby, Hey, baby, Hey, baby. And she started walking faster and got this scared look on her face. And I immediately was just like, Oh, that, that wasn't great. Yeah, that's terrible. That's, that's pretty mild, I guess. Still, like, we I made somebody, like, like, uncomfortable that we all knew. I feel like most of the bad shit I did was just, like, hurtful to me. <laughs> like, if I'm the only victim, it's fine. That sounds terrible, yeah. man. There's also this one. Well, I, I was also, like, kind of an I was a real asshole in high school to some people, <laughs> especially the people I didn't like. Like, there was this one kid, Cabbage. His name wasn't Cabbage. We oh. called him Cabbage because he didn't develop as quick as the rest of us. And he looked like a Cabbage Patch kid. He oh rolled with God. it, though. Like that was, I didn't start this, but it's just something that he like took on, like kind of like wearing like, where your deficiencies as an armor or whatever Tyrion says. So he was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Cabbage. <laughs> My real name's Michael. I like chess. And it's like, yeah, whatever, nerd, Cabbage. <laughs> um, but anyways, like he got real annoying as people, you know, who take on those personas often do. And he started sitting at our lunch table. And my lunch table was like all the usual suspects, you know, Matt Douse, Sony, Douse. Uh, fuck, Douse, uh, <laughs> fucking Johnny, Nick, and me. And he started sitting at our lunch table and was just annoying as fuck and would interrupt people and talk about chess or whatever or some movie he saw. And I got to the point where I just started ignoring him to his face. I was ghosting him while he was right in front of me. And he would like say something to me. And I would just look right through him and be like, did someone hear something? And I did this for a straight two months until he left their table. You're a bad person. That's bad. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I've never approached that level of bad, I don't think. There's also this one girl named Danielle who was also getting on my nerves and wouldn't leave our table. Uh, what I like about this, this has just turned into like your confession, bro. This is the taxi cab confession of fucking where's my burrito. You know, it's, a it's a long time. I've been holding on to a lot of, I don't even feel guilt about it. Like it was funny, but it was like objectively terrible. I shouldn't say it was funny. That makes me sound like a bad person. Maybe I am. Maybe, Maybe I'm a are. terrible person. <laughs> but uh, I remember like she wouldn't leave our table and nobody liked her. So I was like, I'm going to take care of this problem, I guess, for you fucking turds. Uh, so like at some point, like I was like, Hey, can you please, uh, go leave? Like, please. And she was like, ha, 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 funny joke. And I was like, I'm not joking. And she was like, yeah, you are. Ha ha ha. And then at some point, this is going to make me sound terrible, but I took some cheese doodles and I like just crushed them up and threw them at her. Go on, get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> And uh, and then I walked away, and then she came up and did the same thing to me, and it was like cute because we'd thrown cheese doodles at each other. Aww. But then I That's never talked to her cute, again. Bro, you could have fucking that could have been your wife. Yeah, she's annoying. She's been an annoying wife. I'm good. Could have been that. your first ex-wife. Yeah, could have been. <laughs> I should reach you, out your to eyes, her. bro. Your <laughs> eyes went to a place for a second. I we yeah, really got to start imagining releasing. life with Danielle, and I was like, man, I should reach out. I should. This was I your flea bag moment. And she was the fucking <laughs> like priest, he, and she's like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> right. Always God, a what a wonderful fucking me. show. God, I know. So um, yeah. But yeah, the, like I just I pulled shit like that, ghosted people to their face, etc. I'm sure I've know. just like uh, repressed it. So I don't know the true depths of, of my evil. Why did uh, we start talking about shit we did in high school? Like what, what was the thread here? I lost uh, that dude, thread. Uh, this whole, that's the beauty of this show, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm no clue. Um, to any people who may be listening, Danielle cabbage, uh, 
Becca. Um, I regret nothing. I don't have a fucking time machine. I can't change it. Get over it. I mean, I like it. You're sticking to your guns. You're resolute. Most of the time, people look back and they're like, you know, I could have been better. You're like, I could have been worse, you son of a bitch. You're lucky. I could have been worse. You know, they, they should be thinking they're lucky stars. <laughs> they should be grateful. Um, uh, let me change subjects for a second here, man. I, uh, no, I won't allow that. <laughs> Uh, no, because it's about people being really terrible, but also being incredible. Uh, we talk about uh, people being great and good. I've, I've, I've been obsessed with that for a while. And we know that. I'm not going to get into the, the finer points of that. But I started watching this thing on YouTube called Defunct TV. Um, and these people have done, in honor of like the Dark Crystal show that came out, which if you haven't watched it, really just fucking great, dude. Like, should not be that good. And it is achievement. And I know Louis, the French guy, Louis Lettier or whatever, Never thought he's the transporter guy. So what the fuck does he have the right to make a show this incredible? But he did. What the the guy that makes kinetic and fun action movies that everybody can enjoy? <laughs> Who is he? Is that what you're saying, Christian? Are you his agent? Maybe get yeah. off your high horse. Bitch, are right? you getting ten percent on this? Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, I've had a side gig for a while. It's actually my main gig. I just don't like to talk about it, even right. with you know my close uh, friends and loved ones. <laughs> We're all gonna hit you up for some of those residge. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but I watched this thing on Defunct TV, which is kind of like uh, an oral history on Jim Henson as a creative. And it's really interesting. If you get a chance, they're only about 30 minutes a piece. But what he does is he starts to the, from the way back, which is like before there was the Sesame Street, before there was Muppets, there was a thing called like Sam and something. And I'm already and Diane. Not Cheers. Sam and Diane. Although I just, I told you I was watching Cheers. We'll swerve yeah. to that on the next episode of Where's My Burrito? Trust me. Um, but it starts off and you're just kind of getting all these history lessons about like who he was and, and kind of like what drove him. And number one, Jim Henson, affluent from Silver Spoon from the day he was born. So it's not like this is a struggle story. Okay. But it was some guy who understood that he had, uh, you know, resources and had wealth and didn't want to squander that. He also had like this internal clock, you know, people kind of, uh, if we could use the Alexander Hamilton thing, right. Which is like, this guy wrote how much in such a short period of time. That's very similar to Henson who like, kind of thought like i don't i'm gonna die one day i gotta fucking do everything i can right mm. we find out about this guy and it, it's fascinating because like, we already know how we feel about the muppets we know how we feel about sesame street we know about the legacy of of jim henson and you mm -hmm. know dark crystal and labyrinth and all that stuff but i think a lot of the times we just think of him as this like purely joyful guy and a lot of people think he is you know i'm a big star wars guy frank oz was Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy and like was on the ground floor when you say the Muppets it was Jim Henson it was Frank Oz right and you know I saw this video of Frank Oz crying at his fucking funeral and it was like oh my god I'm about to cry and whatever we all know Jim Henson the figurehead we don't really know Jim Henson the person and Jim Henson the person's kind of a dick bag bro like is what I'm finding <laughs> out like cheated on his wife a bunch you know nice. like not a great guy but at the same time and it brings us back to the Neil That's Armstrong boy, of it Jim. All. don't don't celebrate that dude. more also, like J Jim Draper but with the <laughs> J-R-A Jim Draper. Oh my God. Thank you for that. Uh, and if he, if we could reincarnate that motherfucker, <laughs> you drop the Henson. Okay. Cigarettes and puppets. Uh, well, they did that. The happy time murders, which by the way, proves mm. that Brian Henson does not a Jim Henson make is what I want to tell you. Okay. Because just because you got the blood of Jim Henson and you don't make you Jim Henson. I think that people seem to, you know, it's like a great baseball player. Your kids ain't gonna be good. Michael Jordan's kid sucks. I want to throw that out there, but that's neither here nor there. Do you um, ever think that like Michael Jordan just like disowns hates his kids that child? 
you can't make a free throw? Get the fuck out of this house. I'm not giving you any money. I hear Michael Jordan's like a righteous asshole. Bro, he's the best of all time. At that Mm -hmm. point, you can do whatever you want. I I mean, I'm not saying that like in a defending way. I just mean literally. Like, you've climbed a mountain that no one else climbed. There was a point where the guy, what's his, uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, The guy who got to Mount Everest first. I'm already blanking on his name. And his Sherpa, which has a. Oh, yeah, Jim Everest. That's they named it after him. He got up there and they said, <laughs> This is yours now. And he planted a little Jim Everest flag that he has mass produced, obviously, in Everett County, Georgia. Uh no, but like there was a time where that guy was just a piece of shit to everyone because he's like, I me, I got on Everest. You fuckers yeah. have never seen the world like I heard seen about like how like uh with the climate change and whatnot, Greta Thunberg, whatever, uh that like Everest is melting, so we're just finding like mountains of trash there that have been buried under like solid ice and like right. bodies and shit. Well, I know there's a lot of bodies up there. Yeah, uh, well, because we were bagging our feces making those climbs and just burying it in snow, thinking that the ice would cover it up ice is leaving so now like all of that trash all that shit literal bags of we're getting a shit slide shit bro yeah. are like well not us but the fucking poor townsfolk at the base of everest are. oh the the, the what do they call it? what are people from nepal called shit i don't know what the uh like i was gonna say no. the napoleons the, the, that's the, not the, right. the, the nepalese the nepalese there we go yeah that's fine yeah they probably um aren't too pleased with us and you know that's fair but yeah, well, because, like, climbing Everest, it went from being, like, this this monumental achievement to being, like, something that fucking yuppies that can, like, afford to rent their own helicopters do uh, to fucking, like, post on Instagram and shit. Well, that don't even count. A lot of people, and we'll get Pat Henson here in a second because he's the original puppet uh, Everest, but, th- like, a lot of people will, will get into helicopters and they will they will fly to the base camp. Which is already like 10,000 up. Like, that's not climbing Mount Everest, you piece of shit. Yeah, you you start at sea up. level, you walk the whole way. I mean, it takes like a couple months, right? It's you like, walk through all of India. <laughs> and then you fucking slide down the shit slide. And then you're back yeah. and everything's fine, man. That's accurate. Uh, but the, so the thing about Henson, the thing that really blew me away when I was reading about all this and listening or watching the videos was that i've multiple times said that kermit the frog is like a beacon (laughs) it sounds stupid of how we should all be which is just like look you're gonna fail a lot of the time but you just gotta be nice and compassionate and caring and and never Mm. give up and that's kermit in the face of failure he's always keeping the keeping on you know what i mean yeah Uh, here's the thing that's not kermit as we know like when kermit started a horrific asshole like a like yeah, and think about the same Kermit voice and everything. There's like a video where he's talking to Cookie Monster and he's just going hard. He's like, oh, you're a monster. You're the worst monster I've ever seen. I wish I'd never met you, you stupid monster. And I'm like, the fuck, dude? Like, you're I mean, in fairness, Cookie Monster had it coming, yeah, man. he's trash. Well, like, we didn't know honest. enough about mental health back then and addiction or whatever, but to Kermit's eyes, this fucker is just running into every room, raiding people's cookie drawers, right. like, just trying to find his next fix. He's literally an addict. Like, he's, he's just this, like, fucking... But that's the weird, like, entirety of Sesame Street in general. It's like Oscar the Grouch. I mean, they're trying to be like, yo, there's homeless people in this world. You know what I mean? Like, Cookie Monster is the most adorable addiction, an addiction nonetheless, and something that should be, you know, like, yeah. treated Homie's seriously. Yeah, in a trash can. Other guys, like, fucking jonesing for cookies. Like, it's, it's just a whole thing, man. Yeah, Jim <laughs> Henson, what a piece of shit. Am I right? I mean, just I, what, what I was going to say is, like, I want to, if there's any, like, single person in history that I really, like, it's amazing that they haven't made a movie about this guy, considering what we know about Jim Henson, right? Which is, mm. like, 
I think, I think the goal of everyone is that your work outlives you. Right. And I, I don't think you can make the mistake of being like, no one knows or gives a shit about the Muppets. Like the Muppets are still uh, super popular. What I'd never realized was that in the seventies, this was watched by 246 million people around the world. Like that blew my fucking mind that like the Muppet show, which I grew up on, but on uh, tapes and on fucking reruns and shit like syndication, you know, but Mm -hmm. at one point it was the most popular show ever. They would go and they'd refilm the segments in German segments in Portuguese, you know what I mean? Like all these different things to make sure that it went over there. And I'm sitting here being like, Oh God, I would love to make the Jim Henson movie. Like so bad. I really would. Because I think it's like that. I wonder if that might be a situation where it's like the family, is protecting that legacy and won't because I can only imagine they've gotten offers about that shit. It's kind of amazing that up until now we hadn't had a uh, Mr. Rogers thing. Um, But now we got the Tom Hanks thing following up the documentary that I hear was wonderful. Right. Uh, Because everything I've seen about that guy as a human being, everything I've read, like I've read not one shred of like negative coverage about him ever ever. what you've done is you've given me a fucking desire in life to go on the hunt to find the one bad thing that mr rogers did well you go to vietnam or is that not true i think that's one of those like internet lies yeah that's bullshit like like that he was like a vietnam sniper who had 240 confirmed kills is total (laughs) bullshit yeah nation's pride that fucking goebbels movie from a glorious that is true about bob ross like he was a uh a marine corps drill sergeant and the reason that he started taking up paint and doing his show and talking so gently is because he was like sick with himself for how he had to speak to recruits and other people and like being angry all the time and he was drinking and stuff and he like like just took this new tact in life he fucking pivoted and i think that's kind of great well so you you're saying that like all right the one uh, perfect human being who ever lived was mr rogers but jim henson ain't mr rogers and like the family's probably protecting that legacy again i would argue Brian Henson just did this fucking happy time murders, which has a solid 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Mm. I eh, feel like that's a little bit more detrimental. Like, because here's the thing. When I saw that, what happened for me is it made me like him more. I know that sounds fucked up. For the first time, I saw Jim Henson as an imperfect person. I saw Jim Mm. Henson as someone so driven by this desire to create, to to, to, uh, for his work to exist long past him, that it made him an interesting character to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it almost makes people more interesting to me. And I think this is why I, you know, I'm not a punk. I don't identify with that anyway. You know me, I'm not a fucking punk. But I love the fucking punk rock mentality of creating something impermanent that will not really have a legacy. Like something that's a reaction to a very specific time and place. Like I've been getting into different music genres, like niche shit, uh, just because I got Spotify and I have access to all that shit now and it's organized for me. But like, the no wave movement in the seventies. And it was like a very specific time in New York city in like a certain part of Manhattan where like certain clubs would have these sort of like more punk than punk bands, like creating the most grating, annoying fuck you music that they could for a period of about three years. And like, just the fact that like that music will be lost to time. You know, those people are not rich. Lydia lunch is not a household name, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe in some houses, I don't know. Um, but just just like, I, I love the idea of like creating something as just sort of uh, like just pure expression. It's not about your legacy. It's not about like, oh, like, uh, like, like that's the reason people have kids too, right? It's sort of like a, 
for lack of a better word, a masturbatory like way to like just keep yourself. I need to live forever. Yeah, long yeah. past your death. And I love the idea of like embracing oblivion and just being like, I'm gonna fucking make something, and it's just of the moment, and it's not gonna last past this moment. Like, there's right. something I mean, kind of great I, about well, that. I think there's certainly something noble in that because I think here's the thing: the truth is, all this art that's going to last, it's going to last for about another hundred years. I'm sure Disney will keep the Muppets alive in some form for forever. Sure. But what I'm saying is that, like, we've talked about this before. On one hand, I can tell you people whose work we still talk about 500 years later, 1,000 years later. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a thing that happens. Everything is kind of that punk rock mentality, except that you didn't have the mentality of that. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it, it's, I don't know. The Jim Henson thing is interesting because he very much wasn't, like, a, like, an egotist about that. He was trying to, you talk about reactions to certain things, like Fraggle Rock. And I didn't know this until I watched this defunct TV thing. Fraggle Rock was Jim Henson being like, I want to make a kid show that ends war. Okay, fucking so ignorant, I think, and like so pompous for you to say that. At the same time, mission he was, accomplished. Well, he's looking at Reagan's America, man. He, sh- he should have gotten on an aircraft car- carrier, just like George Bush, just with that mission accomplished banner <laughs> behind him. Um, yeah, I mean, well, again, it's like, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, done. I did it. <laughs> like, war is over. Let's make a sequel to that where the where the fucking the, the fraggles are just like, nah, man, like war is coming. And they like they get real shitty <laughs> they, and like <laughs> they, they team up with GW. They bring him out of retirement for That's one a last weapon. mission. <laughs> <laughs> George, you've been on the ranch. It's like it's time to come out. We need you. George, we need you to paint a map painting. We need to set some shit up. Maybe that's just like uh, fucking Bush is like, I'm going to end war with these paintings of myself in the bathtub. <laughs> Apparently he's fraggles. gotten a lot better. Yeah, and some fraggles. I've never seen Fraggle Rock. Uh, I missed the boat on it completely. Um, but very aware of the Muppets in Sesame Street. I hear Fraggle Rock gets wonderful. Uh, no, it is. I mean, that's the thing. And I remember that as a kid. There's a lot of the stuff like kind of flew uh, over our heads when we were young because think about it muppets 70s ended in 1980 i believe 1981 uh mm-hmm. fraggle rock was 80 uh, 81 to 84 85 something like that so it's like we weren't alive for this shit we, we got it after the fact and also the world was different i i i've told you continually we we will launch this in earnest when i get back from my uh my wedding but it's like the time in which art comes out is almost equally fascinating because you and i we watched those same things that were meant for a very specific time reacting to different administrations to different geopolitical events that were happening right the muppets were going out when the iranian fucking hostage crisis happened you know and there's not an yes. episode where like statler and Wardolf are like holding people fucking uh, hostage on the balcony but it's still like interesting that like okay that existed in that time meant for that time we watched it in the 90s we watched it in the era of mass incarceration ramping up right mm. we, we, like, it's very interesting I, I was thinking a lot about mass incarceration in the 90s you know that was a really while you were watching the muppets issue. is that what the yeah thing? when i was like seven years old i was like really you know i was taking a stand on things yeah man what a stand to take <laughs> mass incarceration well, is good we need more of it i didn't well, it say was i was on the right side of things but it was a stand i had principles Oh man, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I think that that's one of those things. Or maybe not, but maybe maybe one day, man. Like, and that's the thing. I want you to watch this because you're you're gonna see this emotional through line of Jim Henson as a person. Not a good guy, but I like him. Uh, you know, like I, I admire him because he did something that was really great. Also, weird subtext here, and this could be like where we where like our prism into it. He was a Christian scientist, uh, which is not 
Scientology and it's not Christianity. It's very weird. It's this weird thing. Do, do you ever think about the fact that if you would become a scientist, you would technically be a Christian scientist? A Christian scientist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a life path you could have taken and you didn't, man. And I, I'm almost mad at you for it right now. But I could have done honest. anything. I could, I literally, man, I could have been like a Christian proctologist. It'd be weird, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that seems to be anti uh, the, the the religious thing. But you know, I could. Well, what, what is the deal with uh, Christian Science though? Again, like remind me. Well, apparently they're not chill with medicine. They're not medicine. Oh, and cool. so that's the thing. That's so a really thing that cool he, religion. That's a well, great idea. Fucking idiots. God damn it. I'm sorry. I, I can't even be chill about that. That's fucking down, stupid. Well, it's if it makes you feel better, it's his demise. Like he died from pneumonia. And not only like not some like, oh wow, we've never we've never seen this pneumonia. It wasn't the Fraggle Rock fucking strain just of pneumonia. Regular pneumonia. Regular pneumonia that he ignored for months and then he just fucking died, fucking man. Puppet wielding dipshit megalomaniac. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck Jim Henson. This took a turn. I, I wanted to talk about him to revere him. And you're like, no, he's a fucking piece. Of, he's an anti-vaxxer, but with puppets. Fuck that guy, man. Seriously, anti-vaxxers, though, like, what kind of conspiracy hold have you been hiding in for all these years <laughs> that that makes sense to you? When they don't even have puppets, right? Like, that's my beef right. with it. At least this guy was entertaining people. These fuckers got nothing. Like some dipshit actress was like, I don't believe in this. Vaccinations cause autism with no evidence whatsoever. Bro, did and I tell you like, that I, well, oh, this ahead. is related. I watched The Shield recently with Dolores and there's a whole like three or four episode arc where they have an autistic daughter, uh, an autistic son and then an autistic daughter. And they're just like, they have autism. It's the vaccines. It's like, the, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like in a mainstream, like what's considered a top 10, you know, drama of all time show, The Shield really anti-vax in the middle and Dolores tried to defend it she was like you know I think what they're trying to do is like she's not defending anti-vax she's defending the story choice by saying right she's she's doing some mental gymnastics to justify (laughs) this storyline right well she was saying like well I think maybe it's the idea that when these things happen parents are looking for anything to assign blame to instead of just realizing that these things happen that Mm. that that things are random and that nothing makes sense they want to be like this did it therefore it's not me you know what I mean you know, and I say this because I have three show. autistic nephews and nieces. I think you know this. It's like I'm very yeah. close to the subject, but they're not fucking anti-vaxxers either. So that's what creeps me out. Man. Yeah, like uh, to, to its credit, and it's not a perfect show. Nobody's ever going to say it's a top 10 show, but Parenthood uh, dealt with the idea of like autism very maturely. And they, they do float like that whole anti-vax thing as being fucking stupid, but they address it, which is great. Because like one of the main, the main character, Peter Krause, uh, uh, his son Max gets diagnosed Aww. with autism, Asperger's, and he's like a fucking you know he's got he's got issues like, and they're like, what the fuck's going on? He's got Asperger's, and then Ray Romano comes in, adult Ray oh. Romano, yeah. and he gets a, a diagnosed with adult Asperger's. Yeah, it's I think well, didn't say most people are on the scale. That's what I've what? heard. I think I think I, I think most people are on some version of the spectrum. That's what they kind of say. Like most people it, are. Is it? doesn't it cease to be a spectrum at that i mean i guess not but like well, i mean like dude what i'm saying is like anthony hopkins is autistic did you know that yeah yeah but like when did you know that recently right like that's a thing that came out semi-recently last couple of years or something like what, what i'm saying is when we think autism for the longest time we called it like a death sentence socially we're like we had a friend growing up who lived close to you i'm not going to say her name but her brother had autism and it was the most severe autism i had ever seen you know yeah. what i'm talking about where it was but really it was- it was very friendly autism. It was though. very friendly, but he, then he was but, hu- all huggy. 
I have a very specific memory of when he was just losing a shit. And it was, it was the anomaly. It, it wasn't like that happened all the time, but what it made you realize, like, it's not always fucking a fun time, like in this right. household, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing. And so we, we look at that and like, that's what autism is. Not realizing that autism, you could talk, you could do all this shit. I honestly think I'm on the spectrum sometimes when I get like really mad or sad about some shit, I can't make eye contact with people like at all. People I mean, say that, that might just be, you know, emotions. Maybe, maybe. No, but, but what I'm saying, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm fucking on that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I think that there is a larger scale than people want to admit to, you know what I mean? Well, I, I, I'm not even arguing with you. Like I'm trying to like parse this out in my brain. Like what, like what even is, like, how do you classify it? Because like that classification has broadened and changed a lot over time. Right. Right. Maybe, so, maybe we should do some, where's my burrito, like amateur journalism. <laughs> like, cause yeah. I don't know if we're qualified to talk about autism at all. We're, yeah, I mean, you don't know if we are. I, I can tell you definitively we <laughs> that we absolutely are. We're experts. Uh, I mean, I'll have to look at the spectrum. I don't know, because it is an interesting thing to me. But it, and we've seen it a little bit. All right, hold on. I found something here. Maybe I yeah. can very... Uh, Be, oh, so because my, my understanding of autism is that in loose terms, it's like a disconnect from how, like, and I hesitate to use the word normal, but like how a normal person would process emotion and, and interaction and empathy. Right. Okay. So I have it here. So there's, there's three types of autism, according to this. There's high functioning autism, right? Level one, need support, patience, social and communication skills and repetitive behaviors are only noticeable without support. Okay. So there's plenty of people who are like, if they're given what they need, if they're interacting, if they're socializing, if they're getting the help that they desperately need, they're going to be totally fine. Um, yeah. level two is need substantial support, patients, uh, social and communication skills or repetitive behaviors are still obvious to the casual observer, even with mm. support in place. Now that reminds me of probably my cousins or my nephews. I mean, mm. uh, because like they're, they're fine. They have what they need, but you can still tell like there's little things like they can have a conversation with you. They're wicked fucking smart. I hate to say wicked. Uh, but like they're, they're really smart people. But the problem is like when they get excited, like they'll do like the little spazzy thingies with their yeah. hands and stuff. And I'm like, okay. And then like yeah. the other one is just like, can't do life, you know, just can't yeah. function. Like on I, I, I have a, I have a cousin. Um, and like for the longest time, like he had known like a friend or something had a cat named Max and he knew he had a cousin named Max. And for the longest time he thought that anything named Max was also a cat. Oh, and man. like oh, well into like him being 10 years old before he met me, like just that level of like disconnect that he couldn't uh, like separate those two things. I'm a bad person because you're telling me that I'm like, that's really pretty. But all I'm thinking about is like when you met him and you had a good time and then you started walking out and you turned back to him like Michael Jackson in the thriller video and he had those fucking cat eyes and then Vincent Price started mm -hmm. laughing and, said, and he's like, what? <laughs> like, shit. Yeah. That's interesting. That's but he terrible. did have like, but he also thinking that I was a cat, he had like more affection for me when he first met me than he did for most people he had first met because he oh. had a good emotional connection, I guess, with that cat, you know, right. and I, I know that that's a thing like animals. It's like a, a byway for autistic people to sort of like connect. Right. Yeah. Um, so like when I first met him, like I touched his arm and like he didn't freak out and his mom was like floored. And it's because he thought, for the longest time that I was a cat that he liked. <laughs> do you, how many people do you think like uh, ride that autism wave without uh, deserving a spot on the surfboard? You know what I'm talking about? Like, how, many people, how many people are just <laughs> Deserving a spot on the surfboard. 
I was riffing a, a fucking analogy. Leave me alone. I, I'm sitting here just being like, <laughs> I'm appreciating it. That's the funniest thing you've said today. That's great. I, I, I just wonder how many people are just pieces of shit assholes. And just like, well, I'm autistic. I'm on the spectrum. I'm, I'm just picturing like a surfboard with like Dan Harmon and my cousin and your cousins. And then like some asshole like just climbs up there and they're like, get off this surfboard. You don't deserve this. And they push him into the ocean great white shark eats him right the megalodon i'm on the spectrum too (laughs) um does autism uh spread to animals i met a cat once and i called her spread like it's a fucking zombie virus what are you talking (laughs) about spread to animals it's the stand it's in the bloodstream it's in saliva no i just mean uh can we observe it in animals That'd be interesting. That is something I've wondered is like, how do we know about animals like uh, emotional st- like, like animal mental health is in the fucking stone age, you know, compared <laughs> to us because <laughs> they can't talk. That's true. Yeah. I wonder you know, how we kind of discern if you that. sat a dog on a couch and were like, tell me about your childhood. The dog would be like, what? I'm a fucking dog. <laughs> like you'd get nowhere. Right. You have to rethink be, therapy itself. It'd be really so now, now we just we just we we fucking give them pills. That's how we diagnose that problem. You know, you give a dog Prozac. You give a dog Prozac, which is just the same as regular Prozac. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, medicate the problem, make that go away. But you know, maybe that dog needs some intensive dog therapy with a dog therapist that can speak dog and get to the root of its dog issues have we Bro, ever tried it no do you remember this fucking fever dream of a disney channel movie that happened when we were kids called my lucky dog with kirk cameron and it was about kirk cameron pretending he was a dog psych psychic or something but then he ended up being a dog psychic and it freaked him out yes i do remember that film it's very important to me masterpiece or not bro masterpiece well i mean like the climax of that film is that there's a trial we all knew that you know kirk cameron was a fucking insane christian man who thinks that evolution can be disproven with a fucking banana even though that kind of in a weird way proves it but whatever i i'm sorry i missed this what happened what's the banana story so he got he does debates with atheists and he got like his big talking point, his go-to as a little fucking Christian soldier is to say, look at the banana, hold it in your hand. See how it perfectly fits in the folds of your hand? Just perfectly, right? You telling me that wasn't created? That's For it? Us? I thought there was uh, I thought he was going to be like, you know, bananas. I think you told me this, right? Mm. bananas should have seeds in them but we gmo'd the fuck out of that wasn't that you yeah okay so it's, whatever i'm not gonna get into that what i'm saying is like that's interesting to me because that is dumb i thought it was gonna be like a, a seismic change like imagine if if that we didn't gmo that or maybe he says that like we had to take these seeds out because it was so perfect you know what i'm saying like why not use like the sunset or the tides or any of these like perfect- well that would have been a good counter argument is like why why do bananas have seeds in them kirk you right. know, like naturally, we had to fucking like make the banana the, that way. This thing that you're using as your example, because it fits perfectly in our hand. You peel it; it's for us. God gave that to us. It's but like does no that work for shit. everything? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like, that's so weird. Like, look at this zucchini. 
look at this cucumber. Like, is it just everything that's like phallic in nature that fits perfectly in a hand? Like, I don't understand. I was thinking a lot about dicks all the time. Uh, Me and my friend Jackson made a subreddit called, um, well, we didn't even make a subreddit. We found a defunct Kirk Cameron fan subreddit (laughs) that had one post of just like a trailer for one of his Christian movies. And Jackson proceeded, like he loves doing shitty Photoshop, just proceeded to make like 15 posts about how Kirk Cameron is a closeted gay man. Oh, man. Um, and it was great. But Which, then the moderator, like, came in after, like, three years of dead silence and just deleted all those posts quietly. Which guy is like, oh, my God, I've been derelict in my Kirk duties. I need to right. go back on now. Three years, fucking a thousand days after the fact. And he saw Jackson, this, was like, what? I, I'm proud of Jackson because Jackson, like, made some high-effort posts and everything. I made one, and it was a text post, and it said, Kirk Cameron gay question mark exclamation mark and then subtitle yes <laughs> as usual you go in you surround yourself with people who will do most of the work but you you're not a schlub either man you go in there like if that's your one contribution batting one for one guy yeah I knew I couldn't top that you know I know my limits <laughs> Man, ah, God, Kirk Cameron, and that's that's a weird thing too because I like one of the biggest fights I ever got into to with my mom was about one of the Kirk Cameron movies. Which we one? To, uh, it was called Fireproof. It was the one that was like oh, a moderate oh, crossover. Hit. I know, uh, I know, Fireproof. You have an you experience know, me, with it? Yeah, you huh. know, tell me about Fireproof. I was working in the movie theater when that movie came out, two thousand eight, and I remember that shit just being. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, like just being in the same theater for months on end it was in the theaters maybe longer than the dark night which is saying something and i just remember like just every single day these christians would come in with their christian church groups and go see fireproof and i had to watch it too as a projectionist it was bad did you get anything out of it I got out of it that Christian films are uh, something I will never understand and will never be for me and will probably never be a valid art form. And I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm like pretty like open to most, of, like I'll watch anything right. once and give it an honest fucking shot. But holy shit, Christian movies are bad. The Christian movies have gotten weird. There was one that came out last year apparently that was supposed to be okay. It had fucking Luke Cage in it um, mm. and someone else. But it was like supposed to be like a respectful Christian film. And I'm like, what? That exists? Interested. Like, because again, inherently, if something's personal to you, I ain't nothing wrong with that. It's just like, yeah, like all these Christian movies end up being a little uh, creepy. Yeah, there have been like pieces of art like that are rooted in Christianity that are wonderful. Like Last even in the past few years, like Tree Silence. of Life. Oh, Tree of Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you could argue is like, you know, a fucking like love letter to Malik's Christian leanings or whatever. Um, but in a very abstract, beautiful way, or Sufjan Stevens' music. Like, I'm not, like, a huge fan of him now, but, like, Homie, like, is an out-and-proud Christian and, like, is making art about that faith. And You don't like Sufjan that... now? That's interesting. Cause, uh, it's I've not really... that I don't like him. I just fell off that Sufjan train. Oh. It's just a little too earnest. And we we too fought like... all the time as kids about that yeah. fucker, which I'm like, I like him, but I don't think he's amazing. You're like, bro, he's great. Uh, but I actually, like, really loved Carrie and Lowell, I think, is mm-hmm. the, 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 about his stepmom or something. It was really good. Yeah, it, It's good. just one of those things where I got burnt out you know, and exhausted and Speaking exhausted. Speaking burnt by- out, fireproof. Uh, I was just saying, my mom got into a fight with me very quickly about that. <laughs> about that. <laughs> just, just, just because uh, she was just like, uh, it's an important film. Everyone should watch it. I'm like, mom, you haven't even seen this movie. You're just, you're fucking creepy. <laughs> people are telling you to watch you it. You haven't even seen, like already you've won that argument. <laughs> 
I, I know. You don't even and need to follow it. it up. Yeah. <laughs> she was beat. And then yeah. I didn't even have to offer a follow up, but I did. And I'm just like, yeah, you just, you think. Anyway, she ended up watching it and was like, you were right. <laughs> it's not good. And I was like, see, you're not immovable. Like, you're right. Okay. Like, but like, yeah, just Christian movies are just so weird and cheap. Like, God is not dead. God is oh, not dead. Part two. Have you seen the trailer for that? Because the problem with the trailer that gets me mad is they have uh, Hercules in it, right? Kevin Sp- Sporo, Sabara, whatever his name is. Sorbo. Kevin mm-hmm. Sorbo, I think his name Kevin is. Kevin Sorbo is his name. And uh, like, the whole premise is like, he's like, you only need to know one important tenet in this philosophy class. God is dead. Okay, pause right there. Anyone who has a basic fucking intro level into philosophy knows that when Nietzsche was saying that, he wasn't saying God is actually fucking dead, okay? So, like, already the screenwriters of this, like, missed the mark on well, what yeah, they they're, were talking about. They're, they're creating an intentional straw man, you know? Like, they're making the atheist character. Because I've seen, like, reviews of it, and like, making fun of it. And it's literally just, like, they make the atheists the most cartoonishly ignorant stupid evil people and the good christians are just trying to spread their message of faith like it's just such an unfair like fucking lazy well i i just remember the first time i saw that trailer because they showed it in a theater and there's a the climax of the trailer and i assume the film is that Mm -hmm. they get into a debate because the kid refuses to say like god is god's not dead bro like so they get into a debate in front of the whole school and the only thing i know about this is like is, is, is the kid being like, why do you deny God? Even though there's scientific proof he exists. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like this Christian movie, like found scientific proof and then uh, denied it apparently. And that mm. blew me away being like, these people just live in a different universe. That's the truth. Like as much shit yeah. as we talk about Scientologists and shit like that, like at least they put on front, well, not really, but like we <laughs> all know, <laughs> we all know that they're crazy and they sort of acknowledge it, you know, like by denying it, they confirm it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't know. So weird. So far, I lost all of it. It's the point yeah. is it's so weird. <laughs> like, again, I, I don't have any, honestly, I don't have any problem with the idea of faith itself. And I've fully accepted that people need that. Some people do need that. Like that, right. that fills like a, a hole or, or it serves a purpose or like it, it helps them to uh, ascend to a higher calling or whatever. Like if, if that's the, the fucking method by which you um, actively go out and help people for the good Christians out there, then like by all means, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Right. Right. Um, for individuals anyway. Uh, I have an issue with it as an institution, but I'm not militant about it. But that said, they should make fucking better art. It's possible. <laughs> you know, it is. It's possible. Like, just put some fucking effort into it. I mean, religion only served the function of killing my boy Jim Drenson. So I'm just kind of mad about that, you know? Jim Draper, if you will. <laughs> Jim Draper. J-R-A-P-E-R. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my beef with it. But, um... I don't know, man. It's it's weird. And that's the thing. My whole family's religious except me. So I'm the weird Satanist guy. But I'm not Satanist. But if you're not Christian, if you're not first, you're last. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, this is the Ricky Bobby philosophy on religion. Of religion, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think uh I think I think it's I think it's an epidemic, but I also thought like, hey man, maybe we're winning <laughs> it's this an war. Epidemic. Well we are because like they're getting funding, man. First, More of these first movies fucking autism out. is a virus, now Christianity. What's next, Max? What's you, and next? You, you and your viruses. 
Oh, God. I, I just, you know, in a way, I feel bad for your parents just for the fact that they named you after the religion that, that means something to them, I assume. And you just went in another direction. I swerved real it. hard on that. You really yeah. did. I told you, at, at one point, I contemplated just being uh, like Muslim of sorts. Of sorts. I was like, I'll convert. Why not me? You know what I mean? And uh, I couldn't commit to it because I felt like that would somehow be disrespectful to them, which I don't want to be disrespectful to Muslims yeah. as much as I want to be disrespectful to Christians, you know? You know, I could see Judaism for you. I think that would be funny. Because my name's Christian? Yeah. <laughs> That's it? Full stop? <laughs> well, no. I, uh, when, when I was in the Army, um, in, on Sundays, we, we could get out of uh, doing like what we call like staff duty or like cleaning the barracks or whatever by going to uh, religious services. And you know that I'm not religious. I'm a fucking atheist or whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm that. And uh, like me and my friend uh, Hernandez uh, started going to um, the Jewish services and it was run by this colonel who was like the most Jewish dude I have ever seen in my life. And he was like, you know, the thing about God is when you look at God and you're thinking about him, it's like, what do we sacrifice? But it was great because it lasted like an hour and a half and they always had bagels and Hawaiian punch, and we weren't allowed to have any of that shit on a normal day, but on Sunday, motherfucker, we were allowed to have it. Funny story, though, Hernandez, like, you know, we were both lying about it. Hernandez was an atheist, too, but we had this crazy drill sergeant, drill sergeant Box, who, like, took a real active interest in Hernandez and me and got Hernandez a dreidel and, a t like, a fucking Torah and like Aww. all the fucking things and like the, sh the ceremonial like shawl or whatever and hernandez had to pretend to be like the most jewy puerto <laughs> rican you've ever met in your life <laughs> but he, no one had met me yet right because i feel like that's been my go-to thing people are like you were the most jewish puerto rican i've ever met in my life and i'm like i guess so like we had actual jewish friends growing up and and i think i was voted the most jewy of <laughs> <laughs> there was a vote i remember nick and johnny being like oh yeah you're the most jewish person i know i'm like what like how am i even qualified and that's, and that's compared to me which i remember growing up you would always call me like a secret jew but that and i didn't know how to feel bad. about yeah, it yeah that sounds bad when you say it like that i mean i was just saying that you seem to have uh some spiritualism to you some some uh some some uh what, what's the word i'm looking for like here? i <laughs> i had taken on like the fucking genetically inherited guilt and trauma of the jewish people like i i carried that in my dna you know that's apparently a thing like they they, they suspect trauma like, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like on a genetic level it imprints on your dna and you pass it down yeah why, why wouldn't that be well here's the thing we keep separating ourselves from 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 uh animals right from the animal kingdom but like we can see this everywhere we can see like the dogs learn to be cool with us right uh you go to places where deers don't have to worry about being shot at because of like hunting laws and they don't give a fuck they'll walk right up to you you know what i'm saying yeah like why those wouldn't those we... brazen four-legged pieces yeah, of shit. those pieces of fucking garbage how dare they walk on the same fucking earth as me man uh no but it's yeah. like it's interesting that it's like yeah of course like, i have no doubt in my mind dude that uh trauma is something that is inherited through the genes in the same way that like if you if your dad is an alcoholic if your mom has a substance abuse problem like that shit carries on like you are born with a lot of those same traits because they've been passed on to you so that doesn't surprise me at all man gonna yeah. be honest
know, we're just a bunch of animals mucking around and inheriting traumas and tragedies. <sighs> One day we'll solve that problem. We'll figure it out, you know? Will we? <laughs> I mean, seems, like, seems like we're punching up, man. It <laughs> seems like we're not <laughs> going to do it. You know, like the the more we merge with computers, like the day that they figure out how we don't have to like take a shit anymore, like right. that's the day it's all over. We, we're, dude, we stop being animals, you know? That's like accurate, actually. I'm pretty sure like, because that is the one thing that like, you know, that's the equalizer for all animal kingdom <laughs> right. right now. Everyone we all have <laughs> this shameful moment at some point in our day where we have to take a huge dump. Uh, uh, like I was read something about like dogs, they'll like try to make eye contact with you when they're shitting. It's because they feel yeah. so vulnerable, and I'm like, yeah. that's kind of adorable, actually. It is, right? yeah, because like, you'll see the dog like looking at you, and like their ears are back, and they're just taking a shit, <laughs> and it's because they they need you to like fucking be on point for them. There's a predator; <laughs> they are compromised. Oh, this goes back to caveman time. They're like, all right, yeah. bro, you because it went both ways. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, and that's why like dogs try to follow you in the bathroom now because back in the way back, right? When, they're like, I got they, you, they dog. know what that is, you know, because they they do that too. And they're like, okay, you you looked me right in the eyes when I took a shit, and I appreciated it. I'm gonna do that for you right now. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Trying to take a dump. This is my <laughs> shameful private time. Let me carry that shame, bro. Let me carry it. No, get the yeah. fuck out. That dog no, is like genetically carrying that shame with them. That's been passed down in the generations. So like, I got to protect him. Oh, they're the best, dude. Dogs are so fucking yeah. good. And then cats are like, I don't care. I'll spray shit all over the wall. Do they fuck spray cats. shit? Is that cats? Is that a cat thing? Yeah. Oh, I know I, they sprayed. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, we had this friend Lauren growing up who had this sick cat, and um, it would just s spray shit all over her walls like every day for a full month. I remember, and like, because I would ask her, like, "Hey, how's it going?" And she'd be like, "Oh, I had to clean shit off the wall again." And I was like, "Isn't that every day, Lauren?" And she said, "Yeah." Well, that's why I don't get cats. Yeah, I want big cats. I want like an best army. case. The best case scenario with a cat is they shit in a box. That's the best case. <laughs> a box uh, inside of your house. Right. I mean, can we evolutionarily get them to cut that shit out? Or do you think like the, the, the ship has sailed on that one? Have you ever tried to train a cat, Christian? No, I've never had a cat. They're all pieces of shit. They're soulless. Maybe yeah, I saw dude. Pet Cemetery when I was little. I'm like, I don't trust that fucking cat. All cats are uh, dead things that came back to life. Yeah, the Egyptians were right. They loved cats, though. Well, not to worship them, but they knew that they, they were an other. <laughs> they knew something was going on. We don't fuck with on. that. When they yeah. were walking on the streets of ancient Egypt, they saw a cat coming, they crossed the you, fucking you road. Give it a wide berth. You know, black cat, that'll give you bad luck. All that shit. Like, there's a reason for it. They're fucking mystical. They're silent. They walk on your countertops after taking a shit in a shit box. Are they potistic, you think? Just cut the end, end the episode right there. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs>